It is a, <laughs> a great blessing and a privilege to be here this morning. Um, I, I do I do hear more often than not, you know that that is that is Kevin's son-in-law, but I I never get tired of hearing it. I could not have I could not pick a a, a better better pastor, a better teacher, a better father-in-law uh, to to have truly that I, I believe that. And I'm very thankful to have him in my life. <clears throat> my my thoughts that I've that have been on my mind have been, um, you know, Paul felt very uh, very strongly towards uh, some young brothers that he wrote letters to named Timothy and Titus, and in uh, those in those letters he tells them um, four faithful sayings is what he calls them as. Technically five. There's one where he says, you know, this is a true saying, but he gives them uh, faithful sayings, uh, sayings that he says, sayings that you can trust in, sayings that are going to hold to be true no matter the time, no matter the place, no matter the person. Uh, these are faithful sayings. I know what you're, I know what you're thinking. You know, the, the entire Bible is full of, of faithful sayings. And that is absolutely true. That every that uh, this entire book is 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 faithful and true. But Paul gives specific. Um, it puts a lot on 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 these specific sayings that he that he gives to these gives to these dear brothers. Um, I won't go through all of them. I mainly just want to focus on a few that he gives uh, in his letters to Timothy um, that I think are are, are very uh, relevant. Uh, will always be relevant. That's why they're faithful sayings, right? You know, growing up we hear uh, we hear a lot of sayings. You know, uh, we've we've heard you know. Uh, um, an, an apple a day keeps the doctor away, right? That's a very common saying you hear growing up. And, uh, you know, you can, but is that statement always 100% true? No. The, you know, that no matter uh, as healthy as we can eat uh, and, and take care of our bodies, uh, that eventually we will still need, have the need to go see an actual doctor, an actual physician. Or we may be born with a, with a disease or ailment. Um, that causes us, no matter uh, how much we take care of our bodies, to have to go see a doctor, um, or, or you know, the, to stay on the idea of apple. You know, you hear the saying, "and the apple doesn't fall far from the tree." And a lot of times, that one's very true. You know, you see that a lot of times we uh, we very much mimic the characteristics and attitude of our of our parents or those close to us. But I've known a lot of people that um, did not hold that uh, that proved that saying wrong. That were very far from their parents in the way that they acted, and I very much I pray for my son that he uh, falls very far away from this from this tree here, because I want him to be a uh, to be much better than me. Uh, so you know we we could go on and on with with various sayings, but it is very hard to come up with a saying that no matter the time, no matter the place, no matter the person is going to remain faithful that it's always going to be true and paul gives us uh, gives us several he gives us several that he says are faithful that these are true um and the first one he gives is in the first chapter of first timothy as he says in the uh, in the 15th verse this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that christ jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom i am chief Howbeit for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. He says this is a faithful saying. This is going to remain to be true 
no matter the time, no matter the no matter the season, no matter the person, that this is a faithful saying. You can rest assured in this Timothy. I think we would not argue in the least that Jesus Christ, uh, that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, and that is exactly what He did. He came into the world and He accomplished exactly what He said He was going to. What was told of Him, you know, we, all, we you know, I've often heard about you know the the three shalls in Matthew one twenty one that she shall bring forth a son, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. That is a that is a that is a definite that the Lord Jesus Christ came into the world and he saved his people from their sins. That is faithful, that is true, and we can hang our hats on that. that that's something, we can, that's something that, that is meant to be encouraging here. And that is what, and that is what Paul is reminding Timothy of. And he, and he calls himself a pattern. He calls himself a pattern, that he is a, the pattern <clears throat> to them, what should hereafter believe on him? You know, if we were to look at, at, at Paul, you know, because oftentimes it is it is spoken of that the Lord that uh, that we are saved by our works, that we're saved by things that we do in this world, or if we live a, a more holy life than a sinful life. But Paul here is telling Timothy that the Lord saved him despite his works, despite the wicked life that he had lived. If we back up. When he when uh, when Paul describes himself, he says in the it says in the thirteenth verse, who was before a blasphemer, and a persecutor, and injurious, but I obtained mercy, because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And that's, he's not saying that because he was that because he was in unbelief that the Lord gave him mercy, but he is saying I was I was in ignorantly in unbelief, and the Lord had mercy upon me. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. And that's when he goes, this is a faithful saying. Does that sound like a person, you know, if you were to pick out of a crowd, it would just sound like a very righteous person, a blasphemer, um, a persecutor. You know, the first time that we're introduced to Paul in the book of Acts, um, he is consenting to the death of Stephen, a, 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 deacon from, a deacon from the church. Who, after giving this powerful sermon on Christ and the, and and accusing the and accusing these Jews, he was so bold that uh, that that Paul, we have to remember, was among those people who it says were cut to the heart. They were not pricked in their heart, but they were cut to the heart. <clears throat> and then later, and then later, you find where Paul was uh, persecuting the church that he went to, that he uh, went and desired to go to Damascus. And despite the life that Paul was living, despite all of those wicked and horrible things that Paul had done, that on the road to, that on the road to Damascus, the Lord took the Lord took him, as in the as in a, in the sixth chapter of John, when the Lord when the, when when the Lord when describing um, <laughs> when describing God and salvation. I don't want to misquote this. <clears throat> when he says, "No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me, draw him, and that were, and I will raise him up at the last day." And that word "draw" means literally to drag. That Jesus Christ dragged Paul, despite him going completely against and 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 attacking the church. 
that the Lord that the Lord Jesus Christ drug him, drug him down and showed grace upon him. And this is a pattern. This is a pattern to say that we all, despite uh, <laughs> that, we all are very much uh, undeserving of grace. Mm-hmm. And despite this, though, the Lord shows mercy upon us. That is a beautiful pattern. That's a faithful saying, and that is, and, uh, and and that is the way that uh, that in grace that we that we should see ourselves. You know, <laughs> you know, uh, many many opponents to grace. Uh, you'll often find are uh, are very much are very much against the idea of a of a gaining salvation uh, undeserving when that is the whole point of grace is that we don't deserve it we don't deserve salvation we don't deserve God's love and mercy but despite that he does we should we should adopt the um, the thoughts of or the uh, the ideas of of of, uh, of Jonathan's heir Mephibosheth. Who in the book of Second Samuel, uh, David, uh, David, in remembering this covenant that he had made with his best friend Jonathan, he wanted to bring, he wanted to find uh, uh, the last heir of Jonathan that was alive. He wanted to find him and show mercy to him for this promise that he had made to Jonathan. And in the ninth chapter of Second Samuel, it says, "And David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake?" And there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan has yet a son, which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? <laughs> and, he brought, and he brought him unto him. And it says in the sixth verse, Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was coming to David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, Behold thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. And notice Mephibosheth's reaction to this. And he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am? <laughs> and and I, I'm here to tell you, I don't want to just you know, drag, drag you completely down. But that, is a, but that is in relationship to God our Father. I mean, we're lower than that. But the fact that Mephibosheth um, saw himself as being such a dead dog in the sight of David his king... Why in the world would you want would you want me to dine and sit at your table? And that is grace. That is mercy. Mephibosheth did nothing of himself for David to bring him to his table to dine with him. And such is the case with us. But but we should be continually thankful and grateful that we get to every day dine and eat at the table with our Lord. That at any time, at any day, we are we are able to have a meal with our Lord. Isn't that not in, incredible? Is that not just uh, beautiful? That's grace. That's a faithful saying. You know, there's many there, there's a there are many sayings I've heard that you know in order in order uh, in order to to gain eternal life that you know you've got to be baptized. You've got to be baptized. But when you ask the question of well. What if I die on the way to being baptized? Or I'm, you know, I'm on my, I'm on the way to, to go get baptized, and I die in a car wreck. And I've, I've had many tell me that, well, well there's an exception then there. You know, there, there's an exception. Well, if there's an exception, then that's not a faithful saying. That's not a faithful, that's not a faithful salvation. 
Or you have others that say that you've got to repent and you've got to believe. Now, you do need to do those things, but that is not what merits us eternal salvation. And then when you, uh, when you ask the question of, what about those, uh, those, uh, those infants that die in the womb? Are those that are, that are mentally handicapped and unable to even, even process or, or to understand? And you'll hear many uh, different exceptions. You'll hear many, of, you'll hear many uh, all these uh, you know, exceptions that, that can be made to the rule. And that is not a faithful saying. And in fact, those unfaithful sayings do not bring about the peace that they often think. I, had a, and I did not look into this, but I had a brother tell me one time that he heard about a man who took to, took to heart so much the idea of, a, um, of, a, of an age of accountability that he killed his children before they reached that age in order for them to be in heaven. So don't tell me that those, that the, that those ideas are not doctrines of devils and what they lead to when taken fully to heart. <clears throat> that is not a faithful saying. That our, Lord, that our Lord does not save us by the merits of the things that we do. He saves us despite those. And that is, and that is, and that is encouraging. And that's not to say that we shouldn't labor, that we shouldn't work. Because in another faithful saying that Paul gives, he encourages the exact opposite, that we are to labor, we are to work. In the fourth chapter of the, of the same book of First Timothy, <clears throat> in the eighth verse, he says, For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptations. You know, this is, uh, we do not believe for a second that we are not to labor and to work in godliness. Paul says that is the exact opposite, as Jesus often, often spoke of as well. You know, when we think about uh, in the, back in the sixth chapter of John, where he talks about labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat with, which endureth unto everlasting life, that, <laughs> that we are called to labor in these things, to labor... Um, in godliness, that should be our, our continual goal is to grow in godliness and, and to grow stronger in that. You know, I, you know, Paul is not saying that it that is not discouraging, as many will say that, you know, the idea of taking care of our bodies. You know, we, we should take care of our bodies. There's nothing wrong with wanting to exercise and take care of yourself. But in but in comparison to godliness. That is such a small thing. That is so small, and it's something that you can't do forever. Eventually, there will come a time where you're not able uh, to exercise and take care of yourself. But whenever we labor for godliness, (laughs) as Jesus said, you know, for the meat that endureth unto everlasting life, that we labor for things that we're going to do (laughs) in heaven. That we, that the things that we uh, that we do here today, in, in singing, in praying, in worshiping. That those are things that we're going to continue to do, uh, <laughs> continue to do in heaven for for an eternity. That those things that we do are are something that we'll get to enjoy uh, for just a small taste uh, here on earth. You know that's a, that, that's part of you know when uh, when Paul describes the the kingdom of heaven as being a joy in the Holy Ghost, peace, love, and joy in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> that we get to have just a small taste of heaven whenever we're laboring in godliness, whenever we're laboring, uh, whenever we're laboring to to worship and to be with God, that uh, that there are rewards in that. Even uh, David even spoke of uh, of the life whenever we labor in godliness. 
in the, uh, in the 84th Psalm, he says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will, we withhold, will He withhold from them that walk uprightly. In the 34th Psalm, I mean, David, David speaks very often about, you know, about whenever we walk uprightly, whenever we, uh, whenever we pursue godliness, that there are benefits of that in this life. There are benefits to that. He says in the 34th Psalm, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. You know, do you, I have, you know, if you have a lot of, a lot of fears in this life, you know, many people fear death. Many people fear, uh, fear what, you know, uh, fear uh, all these different things in their life. <clears throat> but whenever we are, but whenever, whenever I have had those fears come upon me, whether it's in a whether it's in a hospital room or at home, and, and, I, and if you've experienced it in your life, and you understand that whenever, <clears throat> in those moments, you go to God, you read His Word, and you go diligently in prayer, I feel my fears lifted off of me. I feel peace within my within my soul. That there is that there is a that there is so much joy that we can get that we get from the Lord. Now that should not be our, our main goal in, in worshiping Him and following Him, but that is just a benefit. That's just an added benefit that the Lord gives us. But it takes work, you know. He says in the seventh, he says in the seventh verse, he he calls this a, an exercise. He says when he says, but refune profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. This take this takes a, a this takes a effort, you know. When you think of exercise, it takes a diligent effort. It takes a it takes a lot of time. It takes it take, it's a it's a strenuous activity, you know. It, it takes a lot of a lot of discipline. <clears throat> but whenever, but whenever we labor in those things and we are discipline ourselves, that there is that uh, we are that we are building up godliness. That should be our goal. That we are that we are uh, that we are uh, uh, growing in godliness. And there is so much benefit to that that we have in this life. I want to go to the uh, I, I want to go to another to another. Uh, Faithful saying that that, Tim, that uh, Paul gives Timothy, <clears throat> and this is and, and this is one you know. Uh, many times you'll hear uh, opponents of grace, of free grace, saying that you know. I had one guy tell me, you know, if I believed like you did, then I just you know I, I just wouldn't go to church. You know, I just wouldn't I wouldn't do I wouldn't do any of those things. That just tells me you know, he that uh, he didn't uh, you know understand fully what grace is. Once you understand what grace is, that you know it, it should be a more of a drive to want to worship him, not just because he tells us to, but out of just a joy to worship and to and to glorify you know our, our Savior who saves us. But in this but in this faithful saying. Uh, Paul does give Paul does give a warning. He gives a warning in this faithful saying to Timothy, in remaining faithful. He says in the in the in the second chapter of Second Timothy, um, in the eleventh verse, it is a faithful saying. For if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful; he cannot deny himself. It is important. You know, there, there's, there's, there, there is beauty in this, in, in this faithful saying. But there is also a warning that Paul, that Paul gives in there. For if we be dead with him, if we are, de you know, if we are, if as children of God, we are dead to the law of sin and death. We're dead to that. 
And we have the assurance that we, sh- that we shall live with Him in eternal glory. Now that is very encouraging. And if we suffer, if we, sh- if we suffer for righteousness' sake, it says we shall also reign with Him. That doesn't mean that we're going to be uh, we're going to be you know the, the the same level as God, but that the, but that uh, but that grace will reign in our hearts. You know, if you think of people that have suffered uh, for the Lord's sake, as if we even go back to the to to the to Stephen, who when he was suffering for for uh, for the cause of Christ, that before he died he saw Jesus Christ looking upon him. I don't think for a second that Steve, that Stephen, um, you know, was thinking to himself, "Why did I do this? Why did I say this? I should have just kept my mouth shut, and I could have avoided being stoned to death." I, in that moment, in that moment, uh, grace was reigning upon Stephen, and Stephen got a chance to see his heavenly Father uh, <laughs> right before right before he died. I mean, that is, I, I don't think he, I don't think that for a second he was a, he was upset with the choice that he had made. Or if we think of uh, even in the Old Testament of you know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who suffered because they would not bow to this false image, this false god, as they that they would not and could not do it and go against the Lord their God, and they were thrown into a fiery furnace. And it says that there were that despite throwing throwing three men in there, that they saw a fourth one, who was likened unto the Son of God. That that uh, that I, that I believe that Jesus Christ was in there with them while they were suffering. And whenever we do suffer, whenever we do, whenever uh, we go through suffering in our lives, I do believe the Lord is with us, that he is right there with us, just as he was with Stephen and just as he was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And that in those moments that uh, grace is reigning in our hearts and on our minds and we can and, uh, and, and be at peace. And that is beautiful. But he does say in, in this message, if, if we deny him, he also will deny us. Now he is not saying that if we deny Christ, that that uh, as as many have taken this and twisted it, that means that we you know we won't go to heaven. You won't go to you won't go to heaven. You know there are many that there are many the that pro, that propose the idea that um, if that if if you aren't living a righteous life, then you know you're a you're a false professor. You know you you're not really a child of God, and just. Uh, Putting so much burden and anxieties upon so many children of God in this world, but there is. But if we do deny, if we do deny Christ, if we deny fellowship with Him, if we deny following after Him, there will be denying in our lives. We deny the we deny fellowship with Him. We deny uh, the blessings that it, blessings in this life. If if we do not, you know, in the in the book of First John. In the book of 1 John, in the first chapter, he says in the sixth verse, If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. <laughs> if we say, if we say, no, he says, if we say that we uh, that uh, we have fellowship with Christ, but we aren't living, but we are still walking in darkness. We are not living, the, uh, we are still living the same way that we used to live then we are lying to ourselves and we're lying to other people that we are not in fellowship with Christ. It doesn't mean that we aren't a child of grace, but we are not, uh, but we are not going to experience the full blessings of that. We're not going to experience the benefits of having that. I mean, it, and, and, and again, in, in 1 John, he says in the second chapter, um, just to let us know that, you know, that, we, that uh, we will abide with him. 
He says in the 27th verse, But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. And then he says in the next verse, And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his company, at his coming. So John tells us that we shall abide in him, but then he tells them to abide in him. We are going to abide in Christ in, in heaven no matter what, but if we want to abide with him in this life, in fellowship with him, and having his joy and blessings upon us, then we need to then we have to labor that we have to that we have to, to continually um, uh, not live in the, in the way that we used to live and we'll enjoy, and we'll uh, enjoy those things uh, Paul tells us in the in the sixth chapter of Romans uh, speaking on this same speaking on this same uh, subject <clears throat> on the idea that just because you know that that we have grace, should we you know should we continue to sin? Should we continue to live the life that we used to live? And he says, God forbid. In the sixth chapter of Romans, he says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into His death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. For if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. I really wanted to read that. <laughs> that whole, there's just there's so much in there, so much in there, and Paul says it much better than I could ever hope to hope, hope to say. That that if we that if uh, as children of God, dead to sin, <laughs> that we should that we should live and walk in a newness of life and giving praise and honor to our Lord and Father Jesus Christ. <laughs> as uh, as Paul says in Hebrews that you know it, as he tells them it is a fearful thing uh, to fall in the hands of the living God and we don't want to and we don't want to ever uh, get ourselves in that situation and avoid those <clears throat> but Paul at least Paul does give Timothy a little a little encouragement towards the end for those you know I've, for those you know that uh, if you know of anybody that you know that <laughs> at one point you know was was very much laboring and walking in newness of life. And maybe the cares of this world swallowed them up. Maybe a false doctrine uh, took a hold of them. All of these different things that may have, that may have caused them to err. As he said, as Paul says uh, back, in, uh, back in 2 Timothy 2, in the 18th verse, speaking of, uh, speaking of these individuals who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already. There were some that had been taught and, and, and told 
that the resurrection had already happened. You know that they were that uh, that there was no that they they were foolish to hope in it. It was already done. It was already passed, and over even overthrew the faith of some. But Paul said, nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal: the Lord knoweth them that are His. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. <clears throat> this is a faithful saying. This Bible is full of faithful sayings, and it is fa- and it and we believe in a faithful Savior and a faithful doctrine <clears throat> that that will not that that the, we believe that the Lord Jesus Christ will not lose, as he said, he will not lose a single one. He will not lose one of his children, one of his people. That he is that he is faithful despite our unfaithfulness. That the Lord is faithful. And that we should continually walk and walk and strive to be more godly, and we should and we should be very cautious <clears throat> not to depart from our living God, not to depart from His love and from His and from His word. <clears throat> and those are faithful sayings. I thank you for your time this morning. May the Lord bless you.